Across the Board Sports is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Daily prop bets for all kinds of sports where thousands of dollars are up for grabs every single day. Want free money? Use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Download the free app in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And don't forget, use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Across the Board Sports, unique sports coverage. This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. What's up, everyone? We are back. Not better than ever, because we're not very good, but we are back. It's me, Chandler Adams, at Chandler Adams with two S's on Twitter. I'm with John, the wise man. Kaufman, at Cleveland Spider, Spider with a Y on Twitter. Go give him a follow over there. We're going to talk to you guys about something that mm, some people think it's a little too soon in the year to talk about, but in my opinion being a long-time Browns fan, the most exciting thing about the NFL, the NFL Draft. Tons of people guessing, tons of people missing, but it's fun to speculate and it's fun to inform people about the players and what they're capable of, even if you might not hit every single one. So yeah, we're going to talk to you about the 2020 NFL Draft today, the first edition of ATB's Across the Board's draft i don't know. we've never done anything drafting on here yet john i'm excited uh this is i mean phenomenal absolutely um you know whether you whether your team is the first pick in the draft next year the 10th 32nd i mean it's it's always exciting it's it's a new start you know you get a chance to uh get some new talent in and i mean it's not like the nba where one player will change your team drastically and stuff but you know, we've seen plenty of examples recently of, you know, picks that maybe a guy went a little later than we thought, and all of a sudden it's, holy moly, this guy, uh, whew, I mean, he really turned things around. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great example. Absolutely. So. Saquon Barkley, number one running back in the draft. Absolutely. Is he worth a first round pick? No, because running backs never are. Sorry. I know that's a little rough, but. In the landscape of winning a Super Bowl, running backs are not worthy the number one pick in my eyes, but I understand when teams have to do it, and I think there might be a couple teams that have to do it this year. So, without further ado, John, you ready to get this thing rolling? Man, I cannot wait. Let's do this. Oh, this is the most exciting time of the year. People, if you want a good mock draft machine, we're not sponsored by them, I promise you, but the good people of thedraftnetwork.com have a great mock draft machine. You've probably seen them on Twitter They've just been growing and growing and growing. They run a great machine over there. There's other ones like Fanspeak. But Draft Network, uh, I, I like theirs. It's just the smoothest, most um, sophisticated-looking one, I guess you could say. And what we're going to do is John's going to have the odd picks because um, he's odd, and I'm going to have the even picks because I'm awesome. Um, there will be one odd pick I make, which is the Dolphins, because I'm going to take all the Dolphins picks. So I'll give John one of my evens. And – uh yeah, if we're going to do this like the real deal, um, and we're not going to have a time limit on your pick, but, you know, throughout the draft, if I'm sitting at 14 with the Raiders and I think that the he's picking at 11 with the Broncos because we're using the latest um, edition of the pick where they're projected to be, and I, you know, I think the Panthers are going to take my pick, yeah, whatever, whatever, I might call John up, make a trade, see what we can get done. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. Let's do this. John, with the first pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, who should the Bengals take? Should. This is a what we think should happen, people. We are not guessing what will happen because that is a that is a shitty road to go down because you'll never get it right. 
yeah, the predictive ones are uh, those are always really are tricky. Um, and to be uh, to be clear, when that time comes around, I definitely will post a predictive mock uh, <laughs> on the on the website. So I do like doing that every year, um, just to try. Like it's just to need to. Sometimes you you know you can see things coming. Like last year, I mean, Josh Jacobs to the Raiders was like the easiest pick in the world to predict. Like every yeah. they basically said that they were going to do that. So I mean, but. But yeah, so that'll happen. But anyways, right now, obviously, we're doing, uh, you know, what we, if I were the GM of the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, who would I take number one overall? And um, this is, this is obviously going to be the easiest pick of the day. So what's the most important position in all of sports, Chandler Adams? Um, definitely nose tackle. Correct. Ah, it's Very quarterback. Good. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is. I have heard that before. So. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to kick this draft off by selecting uh, Mr. Joe Burrow. Uh, from the lovely state of Ohio, playing for LSU. Um, yeah, hometown kid. Well, yeah, hometown absolutely. Kid, but... Well, Athens, Ohio, but yeah, yeah. home state kid. Ex- exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Burrow. I, I mean, obviously, he's been fantastic. And anybody that's watched, you know, college football this year, um, it, PFF talked about how his on all of his throws uh, that are that have traveled beyond the line of scrimmage this year. His completion percentage is ten points higher than any other quarterback in in the nation, and mm. that sounds made up, uh, basically. So that's yeah, incredible. Think about it. That, I mean, yeah. all the quarterbacks out there completing high percentage passes. You know, Justin Fields, yeah, and all these guys, um, Burrow, Fields, Tua, their wide receivers are more open than you could ever hope for as a quarterback in college, but. You've got to be able to make that throw, and he's able to do that higher than anybody is in this draft. The only problem I have, if you're picking number one overall, you have to pick Joe Burrow. I don't think he's the best player in this draft, and I honestly am still not sure if he's the best quarterback. I think Justin Herbert has a higher ceiling. For some reason, I'm a Herbert train. I'll never get off of it. However, I can't deny Joe Burrow's leadership. He went to LSU, you know, a pristine program in college football and it has it just has been irrelevant the past since jamarcus russell pray to god he's not jamarcus russell but (laughs) he's not jamarcus russell (laughs) no he's not joe burrow has this it's not even a mock he doesn't have moxie he has confidence but he just he's a very tom brady-ish quarterback not in his play style just how they're they're under the radar you know Mm -hmm. um the only thing that scares me is his arm power. There's no arm strength there. Like in Madden, if his arm strength's above an 85, they're just doing that because they want Joe Burrow to be good in Madden. I, his arm strength is not NFL standard yet. You have to remember, he hasn't played a lot of games as a college quarterback. Now, I don't know how much stronger he can get because he's a big kid as it is. I mean, what is he, probably 6'4"? I, I don't know the exact height. Let's see if Burrow? we can find it right here. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Uh, let me pull this up. I just had the. Uh, I just had that PFF. Um... PFFs kill me. They don't have his. They have everyone else's but his. Oh wait, they do. That's all X'd out. Anyway, so Joe Burrow's. Uh, his height is XX. His weight is XX. <laughs> oh, he's a he's a double X. <laughs> he has. He has a he has a poor arm strength, but uh, his say, accuracy six six four two sixteen. Yeah. So he. 6'4", 216. He still has room to put on weight. Uh, you don't want your quarterback, because he is a mobile quarterback. You don't want him to get Ben Roethlisberger size. But, you know, he he is slender out there. He can still bulk up a little more. Basically, like you said, the 10% beyond the line of scrimmage, higher than anyone else, that is absolutely ridiculous. So you have to take him. The only thing that scares me is arm strength, because in today's NFL, the quarterbacks that are excelling are the deep ball throwers. So we'll see. But, you know, Joe Burrow at number one, John, I, I think every single person in the world out there agrees with you. <laughs> so you haven't pissed anyone off yet. Woohoo! <laughs> at number two, which I think is the second easy – I think it's the easiest pick in this draft, actually, because Joe Burrow yeah. is absolutely phenomenal. But I don't know the last time there was a surefire this quarterback is the next is the next Super Bowl winner. You Andrew know, it Rock. just – it's hard. I think um, luck was the last time that everybody just said, you can't, this has to happen at number one, and you would never, ever, ever entertain any other idea. Yeah, and even, I, you know, 
and even Luck had struggles in the NFL. Now, of course, that was O-line play and stuff like that, but Joe Burrow is not going to have an easy time down in Cincinnati. True. Um, true. Especially but, because there are a lot of bad teams this year that don't have draft capital. No, that's true. And But the one nice thing about the Bengals is that they did have a uh, uh, first-round lineman, obviously, that they took last year. Oh, play. Jonah Williams is fantastic. Yeah, didn't play it down. So, you know, you almost – you almost have, you know, you almost got a, if you get a franchise quarterback and a franchise, you know, tackle in the same draft, kind of, they're going to be rookies together. Like, you know, yep. if, I, it, if the lineman works out, obviously, if the rest of them, um, I mean, they had what, uh, I can't remember the guy's name who retired too. They had a lineman that retired, right? Like right before the season started. So, oh uh, yeah, I can't remember. He, I don't think he was elite by any means. But, no, uh, but it's just your it plans, you know what I mean? Like your your plans for all summer and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, we have 10 days before the season opens and now we have a different offensive line. I don't, you know, that makes it harder. But anyways, but your point is very good because you're right. The quarterback, you can get it wrong. But at number two for the Giants, they can't get this wrong. Chase Young. It's I, I'm going to keep this one short and sweet because we spend a lot of time on Burrow, which is necessary. Joe Burrow is a polarizing player in a good way. Um, sure. Chase Young. Highest PFF pass rushing grade ever. The Bosa's, um, you know, the people that were picked in last year's draft. Sweat, the Tilleries, the Farrell pick number four, Farrell, however you pronounce it. That mind-blowing. Chase Young, highest PFF pass rush grade ever. But keep it short and sweet, not only is he a pass rusher, he is great against the run. John, number two, Giants just got a hell of a lot better with Dexter Lawrence and Chase Young leading that defense. Yeah, now they can uh... – What's it called? Uh, be on the field. Uh, Chase Young better be good because he's going to be on the field all damn day because uh, Daniel Jones is awful and uh, unbelievable. D- Dave Gettleman is just, I mean, what a disaster. What an absolute disaster. So Saquon at two when you could have had any of those quarterbacks that year. I mean, any of those guys. Or And I'll bet you there's, I don't even know if this is true or not, but I'm sure that a million people were trying to call trying to trade up to two to get Darnold or, you know, Rosen, any of those guys. I mean, obviously the Rosen pick didn't work out, but, but it's a good segue into this one because I think the Redskins have a very, very interesting decision to make here because you could do the Josh Rosen thing here where you could do the Miami thing and take uh, a quarterback. You could take Tua here. You could take um, Herbert and say, look, Haskins, we saw, we didn't like it. Uh, You know, with these quarterbacks on rookie contracts, it doesn't, if you pick the wrong one, it, I mean, it, it sucks, of course, but it's not the end of the world. You can definitely move on. Um, however, I don't think that that's the way they would go with this. Um, I mean, Darius Geis just going on IR today stinks, that's for sure. Um, but they definitely have something uh, with um, uh, Terry McLaurin. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's unbelievable, man. So I think they'll stick with Haskins. I mean, Haskins obviously had, you know, it's one of the big, best Big Ten seasons uh, in, of all time. So um, you got to get him a tackle. And so they got to go with Andrew Thomas from Georgia. I mean, you got to you got to replace Trent Williams, obviously. Um, and you just you need to you got to solidify that offensive line. So we're going to go with Andrew Thomas here for the uh, Redskins at pick number three. I love it. I love it. I love it. See, that that that's the reason I didn't want to pick at one because I did not want to pick at number three because I was conflicted. It's either Andrew Thomas or C.D. Lamb, in my opinion, because – and wide receiver at three is hard. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard. But I have a stat for C.D. Lamb that I'll say when he is picked later on. But Dwayne Haskins excelled at Ohio State partially because of an O-line that was it – was, it was okay line. It wasn't a bad line. It wasn't a great line. But he had receivers and running backs everywhere on the field. They could spread the field out. So the Redskins are going to have to attack that. But I think this is a very deep wide receiver running back um, class. So get the get the most surefire left tackle that this draft that the draft has had in probably five years. Um, plug him right in. He'll be a Pro Bowl player right off the bat. I think Andrew. Tom, I mean, yeah. I mean, just a great pick. Great pick there, John. Oh, thanks. Um, probably the only time I'll let you say that. <laughs> At number four, the Miami Dolphins turn around their franchise by taking Justin Herbert of Oregon University. I love Justin Herbert. The mobility, he is what Dave Edelman wanted, wants Daniel Jones to be. Now, there's a lot of knocks against Justin Herbert. Most of his completions are screen passes, the highest screen pass percentage of any big five, uh, power five school in the country. That's scary. Another thing is 
he tends to fold in the big games. However, he didn't do that against Utah, one of the best defenses, one of the best just all-around defenses in football this year. He played good enough, which is not what you want, but the Dolphins aren't here to win right now. They're here to mold someone. Brian Flores has that, just has that uh, killer mentality. Like He can instill this will to win in Justin Herbert, I believe. And here's the thing. If you miss on Justin Herbert for... Whoop the shit, no one's going to give a crap in five years. If you hit on him, you have just turned this franchise around in a division that is folding. I'm Congratulations to the Buffalo Bills. You guys have had a hell of a season. And I'm not saying that's going to go away next year. But it ha- you have played statistically the easiest schedule. So, you know, in three, four years, maybe Justin Herbert can be pushing for that number one spot because we know the Patriots are going to have to fall back. At least you think they will. Now, I'm not saying they will, but if Tom goes, I think there's probably a good chance Bill probably goes. At least I would. End on a high note. Keep your reputation high, at least on the field reputation high. But Justin Herbert at number four. John, we got to keep this short, but what are your thoughts of that? Um, I think that it's uh, – I, I, I would – boy, I would really struggle between Tua and him, and I definitely understand where you're coming from. Um, I, I – think heading into this season I would have said Herbert um I liked him a lot more but yeah Herbert's had some games where you just kind of scratching your head going oh maybe maybe he's not that good um but potential wise I mean yeah it's off the charts um when he does show up when he does make throws uh he makes some highlight throws and 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 he looks like he can do he can make all the NFL throws I mean I know that's like the oldest cliche or whatever but but he really he does. He um, talented arm in the draft, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, if you're Miami, yeah, like you, time. you know, that's you got to start somewhere. And yeah. if you're and playing flag, that's not a bad Miami. place to put it, obviously. So, you know, I, I mean, uh, hoping that I mean, if he goes to Miami, they have weapons. They do have a not Absolutely. talented team, but they have explosive players. But who do you got number five for the Detroit Lions, who have had a way worse here than I could have ever imagined. Yeah, and interesting team. I mean, Stafford, you know, was obviously having a great season. Uh, and what a bounce back, too, because everybody just left him for dead after last year. But, mm-hmm. I mean, coaching matters and things like that. So, um, you know, they he added excelling Hawkinson. excelling with a defensive coach, which is strange. What's that? He excelled with a defensive coach, which is, uh, you know, far from the usual. Correct. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, Patricia, it's not exactly like he's running any of the offense, but – um, but yeah, I mean, when you, when you look at this team, I mean, carry on went on IR, but he'll be back. You've got Marvin Jones you have, and he's getting a little older, but still he's fine. Uh, Dalladay is one of the best, you know, receivers under what, 26 years old in the NFL. Um, they added Hawkinson. I think, um, this team leaves a lot to be desired on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't think you really need to look very far down the draft board for this one. I there's there's no way they wouldn't take Jeffrey Okuda uh in this uh in this scenario. So no chance. Um Okuda is unbelievable, fantastic. He's you know, speed, length, uh man, you know, ball skills are incredible, man coverage. It just it's everything you want. It's you know, you're up this high and you just you know, you hope to God if you have a top five pick and two quarterbacks go, you know, because you already have a quarterback that one of these elite guys, you know, you just want, can I get the best guy at some position? And there are a couple good corners in this uh, draft and there's probably going to be, I don't know, three or four, maybe, maybe five, but four for sure. It seemed like they'll go in the first round, but yeah, Akuda is just, oof, they'll be chomping at the bit uh, to run up to the John, podium and say his name. Exactly who I had at five because yeah. You want to know what I think of when I think of Jeffrey Okuda and Darius Slay? Holy shit. Yeah. Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Devontae Parker, they're not going to have a chance. I mean, Darius yeah. Slay is one of the forgotten cornerbacks in the league because he's stuck up in Detroit who's been just had the talent the past five years and can't get anything done. Part of it because they're in a pretty good division. But Jeffrey Okuda this year is allowing a worse passer rating so quarterbacks throwing at him have a worse passer rating than if they were to spike the ball every single play. <laughs> that, that, and he's not in a passing prolific, you know, conference. But that doesn't that does not matter in college football. Any quarterback can be a pass prolific player. 
they you know they played two games against Wisconsin. Cone's not very good. Penn State's quarterback isn't very good. I can't even think of his name. Shea Patterson's not good. None of that matters. Jeffrey Okuda's the real deal. I love Denzel Ward. Jeffrey Okuda is better than Denzel Ward right now. He's longer. He's got the speed. He's the same press man coverage corner, but he's got the size on Denzel Ward. And, you know, college-wise, Jeffrey Okuda has been the better player. I expect Jeffrey Okuda and Denzel Ward to be very similar players in college. Put him in press man or you might get your ass beat. But if you put him in press man – that is going to be a deadly combination. On to Arizona. This, I, you know, I think the Cardinals did a great job last year in the draft. I, I thought they did absolutely awesome. They went out and got Kyler Murray. They got him a coach in Cliff Kingsbury that fits his needs. They went out and got Kenyon Drake this offseason. They drafted tons of weapons at wide receiver to see what they have. If you're going to go in all in on the offense, go all in. They run spread offense more than anyone. However, you need tackles. And what do defensive ends do against a mobile quarterback they bull rush and collapse that pocket quick tristan Wirfs of iowa is the best offensive lineman in this draft at just hunkering down the old joe thomas anchor and not allowing a bull rush this is a thick boy over in iowa i mean he is eating corn off of the stalk he's just walking around the fields lost because you have to walk through a cornfield to get to practice in iowa Tristan Wirfs of Iowa goes to the Cardinals. Kyler Murray excels because of this. If they can get two tackles in this draft and sure up Kyler Murray's outside, you know, his blind side and the right side, that this because, you know, if Larry retires, they still have Christian Kirk. They have Akeem Butler who hasn't played. They have Andy Isabella. They have Kashawn Hamilton. Kashawn Hamilton, sorry. They have weapons. They have David Johnson. Go get him a left tackle. Tristan Wirfs is your man. Yeah, that's a uh, that's exactly the pick I would have made too. I think that's a really good one. It makes a lot of sense for a team that uh, has a lot of pieces on offense, um, but no real strength up front, obviously. And um, you know, I mean, they they definitely need uh, a lot of help on the defensive side of the ball as well. But um, yeah, if you you know you take the Kyler Murray number one overall, you you just immediately the job now is to protect him, make sure that. Uh, you can take advantage of his skill set and everything like that. I mean, he's obviously mobile, um, so he's going to help himself out. But, man, if you can get a guy like uh, Wirth, um, who even if he ends up playing the interior, I mean, I think a lot of people think that he might end up being, you know, a guard in the NFL. Um, it's He's just – they don't make humans like this. I mean, he's special. And so <laughs> he, I don't even – you know, the people, oh, do you never take a guard, you know, inside the top 10 and stuff like that? And I, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But if, if you just have a rare talent, I think it's a, you know, you, you take advantage and this guy is it. So for sure, I would have done the same thing. Awesome. Who do you got going to Duval? Yeah, man. Jacksonville at number seven, huh? Interesting. So I guess the question is, um, do you uh, – if you're Jacksonville, do you think that Gardner Minshew is the answer? And I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. I'm, I'm inclined to want to give him um, another season to see what it looks like. Um, because I think that they're not a phenomenal team, obviously. Um, and they've looked very terrible the last few weeks, in fact. But, um, but yeah, a lot of injuries and things like that, too. So I don't know. I it feels like it might be a good opportunity to grab uh, an elite guy at a, at a really important position. And then if you just end up being a real bad team next year, because Minshew's not the answer, you know, you might be able to just take your quarterback next year and not have to worry about, uh, are we reaching on Tua? Is, is he really, you know, is he the guy? Um, so we're going to take uh, Jerry Judy here because um, we need offense and we need a weapon. That's for sure. And if I'm, if I'm going to see what I have in, in Gardner Minshew um, or, and let's be honest, I mean, I don't know that they would bring back Foles, but let's say they do. It could be Foles. The point is, is that I got to give him something to work with this, you know, Chark is uh, fantastic. Uh, well, he's looked good this year, but I think that was more of a surprise. Um, Dede Westbrook is, is what he is. He's a slot receiver and that's just about it. Um, Judy is phenomenal. I mean, He's a little undersized, not by much uh, as far as, you know, weight goes, but he's 20 years old. I mean, he's going to grow into his body a little bit more and you just, 
passing up on guys like this, it, it's just it's just a really, really bad way to run a team. So we're not going to do it. We're going to take Jerry Judy. I love it. Jerry Judy, there's only one thing that I fear with him, and it's the amount of dropped balls yeah. he has. However, I would say 10% is probably the, like, if it's over 10%, you got to worry. If it's under 10%, don't worry. I think he's at, like, 9 point something. Mm-hmm. He, he drops a lot, but you can't deny the talent. Um, I'm not going to make excuses for him, but he he's almost wide open every play. You know, you can lose concentration. I don't know. Jerry Judy, best route runner outside of C.D. Lamb. Those two are right at the top, take the cake in college football. You can't go long, wrong with Jerry Judy. The odds of him missing are much lower than the odds of him hitting. I I love Jerry Judy there. Right into um, Atlanta, it's, you know, if I'm Atlanta and I'm at eight and A.J. Epinenza is still there, I am chomping at the bit to get him. He doesn't fit the mold of Atlanta players. Well, Atlanta doesn't really have a mold for defensive ends because they refuse to get good ones. But (laughs) A.J. Epinenza is a tank. At defensive end, his he okay. So John, he has in the last three seasons, consecutive seasons of a twenty percent pass rush win rate. So win rate, twenty percent of the time when he's pass rushing, he wins. Three years in a row, that's higher than players like Montez Sweat or Clellan Farrell ever had ever. And he's done this three years in a row against Big Ten tackles, and there's a lot of Big Ten offensive linemen in the league right now, specifically Wisconsin. You know, it's, this is, that is a, I mean, that's undeniable. Some players, you know, have one good year, and you worry about them. A.J. Epinenza, his size, his history, there's, he's almost as surefire as Chase Young. He's not as good as Chase Young. He's almost as surefire as Chase Young. A.J. Epinenza, Iowa defensive end, Goes to Atlanta. I love it. I still think that they need a cornerback, but I don't feel comfortable taking cornerback this high. I would have dropped back maybe for a Henderson or a Fulton. I think Fulton's reaching here just by a couple picks, which I know sounds stupid. Like, it's just three picks, four picks. What does it matter? Just, I think, um, you know, there's quarterback, wide receiver, cornerback, and defensive end. Those are the four, like, primary positions that I, you know, build teams. Obviously, offensive linemen, yada, yada. But you need to have these star players or else you just can't get it done. And I think that's what A.J. Epinenza is. He is one of these players that will he will get to the quarterback for you or at least collapse the pocket. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 6'5", 277. I mean, incredibly fast. Like, athletic is all get out. He's just unbelievable. And, um, yeah, I don't – like you said, trading down is – probably in play and if you want to maximize value sure maybe you you know you can get Fulton in a few picks but I just I don't know I don't think you're going to benefit passing up a guy like this that doesn't make a whole lot of sense and especially when you know year in and year out we're pretty sure that we're going to get a good Falcons offense and we don't know what's going to happen on the other side of the ball (laughs) and I mean when Shanahan was the you know offense coordinator um you know, in 2016, obviously, Matt Ryan had a phenomenal season, and they went to the Super Bowl, and that offense was doing things that we just – they, were they like, broke the NFL. It was like, what are we – we're they're scoring, like – it was, like, 19 points they averaged in the first half, and they were getting, like, to 31 a game or 33 a game. It was really, really incredible, obviously. But, um, but they had the 32nd-ranked defense, and obviously that ended up mattering in that Super Bowl, which, you know, was a disaster, of course. But bottom line, yeah, you got to uh, – you got to take a chance on a guy like this when you when you have him sitting staring you right in the face and Epinesa is just fantastic. So yeah, so who you got at number nine going to the fantastically ran New York Jets? The Jets, boy oh boy. I mean, team needs all positions basically. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. This is a really tough one. Uh, they feel like they don't have. I, I they just feel like they don't have really anything. Um, and it's almost overwhelming. Like you look at this team and you think I, I, can I just take like the next three players? Is that possible? Like, cause I, cause we need them all. That's for sure. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. This is a really tough one. I, I, I'm really struggling here. I, I, I want to say Derek Brown from Auburn. Um, I think that the jets have that sort of defensive identity, or at least they want to. Um, I mean, CD lamb would be a nice pick here as well. Um, 
I don't know, man. I, I'm really struggling. Do you got a uh So I, I was just about to say I'll jump in. What do in you here. think? Yeah. So I think the pick that would make the most sense I think the pick that the team would want the most, I'll say that, would be C D Lamb. Get Sam Darnold weapons, try to grow with Sam Darnold. However, in a vacuum, there's no reason you should be taking C D Lamb over Derek Brown, in my opinion. Now, I think they could also use a tackle like a Jedrick Willis, maybe. But I think while tackle is important to address, if you can have Derek Brown and Quinnen Williams running the inside of your off, your defensive line, I like that a lot. So you know, between Derek Brown, C.D. Lamb, and Jedrick Willis, Wills, sorry, I uh, I don't know where you could go wrong, to be honest. Yeah, but I'll scold you whichever pick you make. Yeah, that's interesting. I tell you what. Um, or you could also try to make a trade. Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, if I were, if I really were the Jets GM, uh, I would, I would be taking all phone calls here. If I could drop back six, seven, eight picks, I think there's three or four guys that um, that make a lot of sense, like you just said. So, but you know what? Let's uh, let's stick our foot in the ground here and make one. So we're gonna go with Jedrick Wills. Um, I, I think it's just smart to, you know, Darnold is obviously terrible under pressure. And I mean, a lot of quarterbacks aren't, you know, most quarterbacks aren't very good with pressure, but, uh, but he really is just dreadful. Um, so yeah, let's help our quarterback out. Let's add an offensive tackle and Wills is a, uh, oh boy. Um, yeah, he's pretty he's darn good. Athletic is all get out. Yeah. I, he, I mean, of the few tackles I've watched, I haven't watched the whole tackle class, but I've watched, you know, the, I want to say five or six tackles, you know. Um, Jedrick Wills is the most athletic, and he's going to blow up the combine. So, you know, a top ten pick is not crazy at all. No matter where draft boards have him now, once he hits that combine, his numbers are going to skyrocket. And he Absolutely. gets depth like no other tackle. So what I mean by that, um, if you were kind of wondering out there, is, he is able to drop back, you know, if he's going up against, let's say Montez Sweat, a defensive end who ran a four-three something. Am I right <laughs> or four-four-three? One of those four-three. Four. Yeah, he ran the fastest forty by a man that size ever, and it's just going to keep getting worse for tackles. Defensive ends are going to keep getting heavier and faster, like Miles Garrett. Well, when players like Miles Garrett or Montez Sweat try to wrap around the defensive end, he is able to just keep riding with them, which is not a thing most tackles in the NFL can do because they're beefcakes. Jedrick Rulis, I think, is a right away, right away, he excels. Now, being in that division with not a lot of pass rush is going to help him a lot. But Jedrick Rulis at nine for uh, Jets is just beautiful. But, yeah, uh, at 10... You know, I really didn't see myself saying this at the beginning of the year. But I think what the Chargers need to do is take Tua and bite the bullet here. You know, Phillip's not going to like it. Phillip's a dickhead. I think (laughs) what the Chargers need to do is take Tua. However, there's still part of me that is saying don't do it. I don't trust it. And I kind of want – so I'll ask you this. You want to make a phone call for any one of your teams coming up? <laughs> Ooh, that is interesting. That is very, very, very interesting. Um, While you think, which you don't have to at all. So basically, 13. if I'm not taking Tua, uh, you know, if I'm the Chargers, Alex Leatherwood is the obvious 1A. And I'd say 1B is Christian Fulton or... Probably Trayvon Diggs or Christian Fulton's got to be, you know, your 1B cornerbacks. You know, you can never hurt getting another cornerback. That, 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 it's not that the talent drops off here, but, like, you know, it, it gets – you know what? This is the pick. This is a pick for the future. The Chargers have just been atrociously ran lately. Uh, speculation of moving – moving to a city with less fans they just everything they've done has been ass freaking backwards so we're just gonna put our foot in the door we're gonna say Tua take your take your couple last years fulfill it playing maybe a couple last years get better we're gonna take it this is our we're gonna hope our medical team is right we're taking Tua I don't really love Tua the player I think he's 
holds the ball too long. I think he's been um, a product of a great offensive line and great receivers. We'll see if I'm wrong. Tua, number 10 to the Chargers. I don't like that pick at all, but I think that's what should happen. Yeah, I there. this would take them uh, five seconds to run that card up if uh, Tua's on the board when the Chargers pick. I, You cannot have another season with Rivers, like – it's just and or maybe you got one more and two is going to sit for a year if that's what you you know your plan is and with that hip injury it might he might need the redshirt year anyway so this might work out perfectly but yeah absolutely that's a good call I would I would I would pick him if I were the Chargers too um, I was looking at the the next few picks with uh, some of my teams coming up and I just don't I mean not super quarterback needy obviously the you know we're on the clock with the Broncos here at number eleven and you know they took Drew Locke and he's playing recently and he's you know, he's looked okay so far, only a couple starts. I don't, I don't think you really know what you have yet, but um, pick 13, the Eagles have Wentz. Pick 15, I, you know, the Colts, are they trading up for a quarterback? Possibly, if they want to move on from Brissett. Um, the Browns are 17, the Tennessee's at Definitely 19. quarterback needy, the Browns. Baker exactly. sucks, he's a bust. Yeah, trade, trade Baker and get Tua, let's go. Um, and then... Tannehill's going to get extended or, you know, he'll get a, a three-year deal or something like that around, you know, 17, 18, 19 million from uh, Tennessee. Um, but yeah, so no real teams to kind of trade up for. So the Chargers obviously take Tua and that's fine. And now we're on the clock with uh, the Broncos here. And Denver's an interesting team too, because they feel like, at least on the defensive side of the ball, they um, they have some they have some pieces, that's for sure. Uh, everybody just got hurt and you know, that stinks. So perhaps they're maybe a little bit better off than we think they are. And when everybody's healthy next year, you know, if they can keep that. So, but tackles definitely in need and whether you think Locke is your, uh, quarterback or not, you gotta, you need to protect, protect whoever's back there. So, um, so we're going to go with, uh, Alex Leatherwood, uh, from Alabama. Um, we like, uh, we like, we like big dudes, that's for sure. 6'6", 311. Um, he compares as uh, Laramie Tunsil. Um, and what's it called? He's played uh, all over the line. Um, they asked him to play left tackle, and he, he's he's been phenomenal. So um, I think that uh, there's a lot of, um, I don't know, four or five real strong tackles in this um in this draft and not a super deep position. So you're not going to find, you know, the 13th guy on the board is probably, ugh, boy, that's going to be ugly. But, um, but yeah, the top four or five guys are, they seem really <laughs> like some really good picks. And so uh, Leatherwood's going to be the guy here for the Broncos at uh, number 11. I love it. Get some protection. Sure. <laughs> Use protection. <laughs> All right. Now that I uh, made it weird, you know, going right to, uh, the Carolina Panthers. I'll make this as short and as sweet. Son of a bitch. One sec. Got to pick Alex Leatherwood. Damn it, 29th. That's a bad move. I know. That was weird. All right. So, um, 12. This is a shot in the dark. Matthew Stafford, 2.0. Jacob Beeson, Carolina Panthers. That's my pick. That's all I've got to say. I, I don't have a lot of good things to say about him. I think quarterback's a position you have to take risk at. Kyle Allen's not your quarterback. Cam Newton won't be there. He's going to be playing for the New England Patriots. You heard it here first. Sources being my head think it will be that. <laughs> so, Jacob Beeson, a quarterback. I'll let you talk about it a little bit if you want, John. But to be honest, I'm not going to say anything more because I don't have any back. I don't have anything to back it up. I just I – just, No. Um, full send. So, I – and what's interesting is that uh, there's probably a lot of people right now who are listening going, what? Like, that would be a crazy pick. But how many times, I mean, watching the draft, you know, Jake Locker and EJ Manuel and these picks, Christian Ponder, these picks happen, man. You're just sitting there and all of a sudden you're just like, wait, what? Who did they just take? And teams do this a lot. Now, the one thing that I think may be working against you is that they um, – and I can't remember his name, of course, but the the new owner, right after they fired Rivera, um, Tepper, is that his name? I think yeah. it's Tepper. Came out and said that they were going to try to be a lot more analytics, uh, analytically oh, focused. Fuck. And so if yeah, that's the case, there. then there's zero chance that they're reaching 
you know, maybe if Tua foul, they would consider it or something like that. You know what I mean? But, you know, uh, if they're going to be analytics-based, I'll say this. I don't mm-hmm. think they go quarterback round one, but I do think that they go with a, if he comes out, which I, I highly doubt with the season he's had, a Kellen Mon, um, or they could go with a Khalil Tate, um, a Sam Ellinger, and I think there's also one more that I was really – oh, Derek King, and mm-hmm. I think that they run – that if this is something that I would do if I'm a quarterback, and I mean if I'm a owner, then we can go on to the Eagles because we got to keep moving. But sure. if I don't have a quarterback, you know, if the Browns didn't have Baker, and you know, I'm not trying to make this about the Browns, but think what you want. If you think Baker Mayfield's a bad quarterback, you don't know fucking squat. I hate to say it. He, I, what do you? His personality, you might not like it. That's completely fine. He rubs a lot of people the wrong way because he's an asshole. I like that. But the fact of the matter is, there are. 16 14 quarterbacks in this league that are not good enough to be in every play in my opinion it's kind of like basketball you don't play average players every single snap something that owners are probably going to start looking into with lamar jackson is running a 50 50 like if you have a quarterback that can make some throws play him a little bit if you have a quarterback that can run but can't throw still play him a little bit like he's a terrible quarterback but Derek king of houston can run the ball he is very very good runner this is crazy, but you gotta you got to get ahead of curves. If you have a quarterback that can throw a little but can run really well, play him some, play another quarterback some, and I know it's going to be like, okay, they're passing now. Oh, they're running now. But it's something that you, you have to plan for two quarterbacks then as a defense. I don't know. I know that's completely off the wall, but that's just something I've been thinking about. Like Even a Shea Patterson, a very good runner, can kind of throw the ball. Start using these things to your advantage if you're a bad team, basically. Like, the Panthers are a bad team. I, I, I don't know. That's just something I've been thinking about. You, and if you use someone like Cam Newton or Lamar Jackson, they eventually get beat up. Cam Newton's basically dead now because he ran the ball all the time. If you're not yeah. in there every snap to take – I don't know. I don't know if that made any sense. I know that's completely yeah. off the wall and it's crazy, but I just think get ahead of the curve. Just do, do something that nobody else is doing. But yeah. I don't know. No, I, it's, it makes sense. I hear what you're saying. Um, I mean, another thing to kind of piggyback off that is uh, I like I am always shocked that teams that don't have a quarterback, they draft one in a draft. Why aren't you taking two or three? Exactly. Like, that's insane. Like, you, you have to get that right. And if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. It doesn't make a difference. So yeah. – you know, and we saw it. I mean, it somewhat worked out with the Washington when they took, you know, RG3, traded up for him, and then took Cousins in the same draft. And, I mean, I don't – that wasn't the plan, obviously. I mean, the plan was for RG3 to work out, but it didn't. And As sad as it is, they with... drafted probably the two best – two of the best quarterbacks from that draft. Yeah. RG3 yeah, was absolutely. a good quarterback until he died. But, um, yeah, I mean, that is exactly – like, with the Steelers, I did the mock draft for the Steelers. I wanted to take two quarterbacks so badly, but I didn't even know if I could take one quarterback. The Steelers are set up terribly for next year. I'm the, Homer bias aside, like I'm doing this trying to make this team a contender next year. That's the point of this mock draft series we're doing, division right. edition. The Steelers have five draft picks, and they have one draft pick in the top 60, and then their next one's like 150. Yep. The Steelers need to do something because I love the story of Duck. He's not the answer, and Mason Rudolph's not the answer. So what do you do? You, you got to take a chance on guys like Sam Ellinger and Mason Fine in the last round. But like, you, like you said, you want to have draft capital. If even the Browns this year, they could take a quarterback. Like I, Baker goes down, you're gonna just say, okay, all of our marbles on Garrett Gilbert. It's if you're the um, Green Bay Packers, you have a lot of draft capital for a team that that's that's that good. Take a quarterback. Like always, take a quarterback. You never yep. know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you just have to have them on the roster, and you want to control, you know, their their rookie contract, and you, you never know what's going to happen. So, absolutely. Um, yeah. The uh, so the Eagles are up, pick thirteen. Uh, I mean, <laughs> what what's the Eagles' biggest need? Jesus, we just saw the Giants. Everything the, outside of defensive tackle. Holy, yeah, Eli Manning looked like a like a real quarterback again against this team. Holy. Not good. So uh, we're going to fix that by taking a corner. Um, and Give me Christian Fulton. Yeah, there's a few here. And I I went back and forth between him and Diggs, uh, Trayvon Diggs, Stefan Stefan Diggs' little brother. But, um, yeah, Fulton, 
I like Fulton a little bit better, and I, I think it's pretty close, but um, I, I like Fulton a little bit better. So we're going to go with uh, Christian Fulton for the Eagles at pick 13. For sure. Diggs is great, and I think that's going to be so fun when if you know when that comes time. Um, you know, if someone like the Vikings can get Diggs, because a cornerback is a serious need, that would be so cool. So cool for that family. I love stories like that. Like, when it comes to families, football means fucking squat to me. I, I always, like when that Utah, uh, the kid on Oregon, the yes. left tackle, who's going to be great. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because I'm about to say <laughs> Pelosi speaker. <laughs> but, uh, he beat his brother, and instead of celebrating, he's at midfield crying with his brother. Like, you yep. you don't want games like that to happen. I, I, you know, sometimes you just have to be human. That stuff sucks, but when it's happy stuff, it's awesome. You love family stories in football. But yeah, Fulton. Sorry, I got off topic there a little bit. Fulton last year had a better grade than Greedy Williams did. His Greedy Williams has one of like the best years in college football as a cornerback. Um, the year before he was draft eligible. Um, a lot of speculation whether he cared or not. I think he's proven this year he does care. Well, he not might not be excelling all the time. He is working his butt off and making tackles, which they said he wouldn't. Christian Fulton is better than – Christian Fulton has put together two years in a row that are just more than you could hope for. But it's just like there's just something that's not – he doesn't – it's like he almost doesn't have that it, which I know is stupid to say because he's fantastic. But it's just like – with other corners and like Jeffrey Akuda, we're just like, bam, got to be a top five pick. With Christian Fulton, for some reason, everyone's hesitant. And I can't really put my finger on what it is, but he he needs to be a top twenty pick just because of his overall potential. I mean, he's just a great cornerback. I just don't know why he just doesn't have something that everyone seems to know, but no one knows really know what it is. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Well, I think it's the speed too. Like he's not going to run, you know, a four four, uh, four three, four four one, stuff like that. Sure. Like, which he's, you know, that does hamper most people outside of Richard Sherman. Absolutely, and he, if he ends up being, I mean, he's six foot one. He's listed at six foot one ninety two. Um, so if he ends up being a guy where, okay, we're never going to put him on Terry McLaurin, but. You know, if you've got um, a Kenny Galladay or somebody that's a little bit bigger and might, you know, we need somebody that's going to play a little bit bigger. I think that's probably where Fulton's going to excel. Um, for sure. So, so yeah, you're right. I mean, he's definitely not a blazer, that's for sure. And he's not huge either. He's, you know, it's not like he's six two or anything like that. But, um, but I feel like he, I feel like he plays a uh, bigger. He looks, you know, he's six foot, but he plays bigger than that. So, and the Eagles, I mean. Jesus, they need, you know, there's zero chance they're not taking a corner wherever they end up in this draft. So, I mean, no, this is the only thing I can up. see the Eagles doing is dropping back. Uh, you know, maybe if the Dolphins think there's a player that's um, that they need to jump up for to jump in front of some of these teams. Um, the Eagles, I think the smartest thing would do to be drop back, get a CJ Henderson, a Sean Wade, a Bryce Hall. Who, Bryce Hall is my second favorite corner in this draft, which I'll talk about later because I will pick him in the first round somewhere, even if he's go. not needed. But um, Christian Fulton's absolutely great. If the Eagles pick him at 13, no one will bat an eye. But when you're a team like the Eagles, it's, it's seemingly having more holes than you thought originally. I think I am a the Seahawks have done the draft the way they should, except for they're not drafting the right players. Get Russell Wilson a goddamn O line. Um, <laughs> yeah. But they trade back every year. They trade back. They trade back. The Patriots trade back, trade back. And they always have players because they draft more. And doesn't matter if you're picking first or 32nd. The odds are almost the same of the player turning out. Not exactly, but almost the same. So, but I love the pick there, John. On to Oakland, talking about a team that's acquired draft picks. They seem to be in the right direction. I still don't think they have a quarterback, but you can't take a quarterback here because there's not one that's – there's not one. Um Keep it short and sweet, and then we'll move right on to the Colts because we have to keep moving, and this pick isn't super sexy. I mean, this pick is super sexy, but we'll talk about it more at 18. We'll combine them. C.D. Lamb, the most explosive playmaker in college football that I've seen since, God, I don't know. Like, Ted Ginn's the first one that comes to mind that you're just like, holy crap, what did I just see? And, you know, Ted Ginn had those plays, except for C.D. Lamb doesn't drop the ball. And get this. This man is averaging 10.1 yards after the catch on every single catch this year. 10, 10, he get you catch the ball, and that he's giving your quarterback and your team 10 yards every time. 
And he leads college football the last two years in yards per reception. And I don't know the stats. I know he's up in the he's up in the top like three for wide receivers for broken tackles. All those things put together, mixed in with just so happens to be second or first best route runner in in college football this year. C D Lamb on that Raiders team, Darren Waller, C D Lamb, um, you know, Tyrell Williams, Josh Jacobs. You're starting to build playmakers. I love I love C D Lamb and, and Oakland. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that feels like a really easy pick for them to make too, just considering the makeup of that team and everything else. So yeah, that's a great absolutely. one. Absolutely. Isaiah Simmons is also a thought there, but like wide receiver compared to linebacker. Teams win without all-star linebackers, all-pro linebackers. Teams rarely win the Super Bowl without a stud-wide receiver. Uh, well, uh, for the Indianapolis Colts, uh, for if I were Chris Ballard, uh, Isaiah uh, Simmons would be a thought in my mind too. And that's the name uh, I'd be putting oh. down on that card. That's for sure. Really? All right. I like yeah. it. That is off. That is off of what most people are doing, which is I love it. I just, I mean, this guy, 6'4", 225, he Absolutely. played wide receiver and defensive back at uh, in high school. I mean, what in the world? Like, no, I, I, I really think, honestly, like, if you, like, if you time traveled and you went back to, like, 1940 and you just described what football players look like in the year 2019 <laughs> – People would, they would be like, you're, this is, well, they're either another species or you're talking about a different sport or something because this yeah. cannot be. This guy looks like, like one of those blue avatars compared to the rest of people. His yeah, position. exactly. Right. Like he's just like, everyone's looking up at him going, oh, so you just stick the tail in with the bird thingy and then you guys just uh, go but flying around. That's pretty cool, man. How he yeah. looks is fantastic, but he plays better than he looks. I mean, this oh. dude can line up over the slot. He can be your nickel corner. He can be your safety. He doesn't have the range to just play single safety coverage like a Demarius Randall. Right. Uh, you know, I keep using Browns analogies because I most of our listeners well, are Browns. Um, yeah, you so know the team really well. So Earl Thomas, thank you, Browns listeners that still listened after I traded. I mean, changed over. It was a hard choice, but you guys are making it worth it. But Isaiah Simmons is, I. It, this is a perfect example, and this is something that, John, we have actually had an argument about this. It was either on the last podcast or before the last podcast when we do our <laughs> our roundtable between us um, mm -hmm. about shit happening. John Dorsey does something. Chris Ballard does something. These, the, I don't want to say good GMs because John hates having bad and good GMs. No, no, you, more, you can, I know what you mean. You can the say The more it, successful GMs, the GMs that find more success in draft classes. Mm -hmm. Don't pick for need because that is a terrible thing to do. If the need is an available pick at that, you know, you have to take position, you have to take need, and you have to take skill into account. Or like if you need an offensive tackle, you know, the Redskins, if there's an offensive tackle that is good enough to be picked third overall, Andrew Thomas, and that you take Andrew Thomas. How If the best left tackle shouldn't be picked in the first round, you don't take him. Isaiah, Tom, Isaiah Simmons is not going to change this Colts team right away. Like, they're not missing that linebacker. But he's the best damn player available right now. You know, maybe Derrick Brown. But Isaiah Simmons is the most dynamic playmaker on defense right now available. You don't need him. But if you picture for the next 10 years Isaiah Simmons and Darius Leonard running across the field against you, like, that is terrifying. You can never go wrong with picking the best player available. And that's something that these GMs that you look back and go, wow, how do you find him here? I don't find him here. It's because they just draft what is given to them. Don't make a reach if you don't need to. And the Colts are a team that could probably reach at quarterback, but that would be doing a disservice to a team that has a good roster. You have a good roster. There are going to be some free agent quarterbacks, maybe not ones that can lead you to the promised land, but I can guarantee you Andy Dalton or Cam Newton on the Colts, they'd be a pretty damn good team in my opinion. I think that they're both have very negative connotations around them because of how they played of late. Look at the teams they were with. Anyway, coming full circle, John, Isaiah Simmons, if you would have picked him first through 15th, I would have said, you know, I like that pick because yeah. he will help any team right away.
Well, he's really going to help the Colts. Uh, the Colts play uh, about 90% um, zone coverage. Um, and some of that is personnel-wise, and some of that is because that's uh, just the way they're going to scheme things up. But, I mean, if first of all, if Malik Hooker could just stay healthy for a damn season, it would be incredible. But He's so I mean, talented, but we'll never know. Leonard, yeah, Leonard Simmons and then Bobby Okariki at linebacker with a healthy Malik Hooker. Oh. I, I mean, yeah, and, and guys like, you know, imagine you're a quarterback and you're facing the Colts and you've got this, you know, Isaiah Simmons is on this team. Now he's 6'4", 230, runs like a damn wide receiver, and the, he's like just kind of hanging out in coverage and stuff. Like how do you – you can't throw over him, around it. It's just – Boy, this is a really nice piece to have, and it it almost feels like a luxury piece. It's almost like one of those, like these guys sometimes fall to like, you know, the twenty sixth team in the draft, right? Because everyone else, you have to have tackles, and you have to have quarter uh, quarterbacks, and you got to get cornerbacks, and and all of a sudden you're like, how did Isaiah Simmons get to, you know? But regardless, I mean, the Colts are you know a middling, mediocre team, and they have some needs, but yeah, I, this guy, he just, he's special, man. So uh, this would be, I, if I were the, if I were Chris Ballard, this would be a slam dunk. I absolutely agree. And that moves us right on to another team. Uh, this team has been a dumpster fire. They've had talent. They can't Jameis Winston. I saw a tweet. He's fits magic and fits tragic at the same time. He's the most confusing quarterback ever. <laughs> However, you can't reach at quarterback here. The smart thing to do would be to go get Grant Delpit. Um, they need safety help. Yeah, Justin Evans, I think, has been hurt this year. I have not been seeing him on the field, so I don't know for sure. But um, they last year, uh, cornerback is also another thing. But they got Sean Murphy Bunting out of, I believe, he's out of Central Michigan. I know he's a MAC player. I really like him. He's had an okay year, and he's a rookie. And he's if you're a cornerback for the Buccaneers, you're gonna have a lot of strain on you because you're gonna they're gonna be throwing a lot because you're throwing a lot. They have Carlton Davis, who's jumped up a lot since last year. They're both playing fine. They're not either of them are great, but I don't feel like taking a cornerback here. So I'm going to do something I really, really, really hate, John. Oh. I am going to go ahead and pick out of Clemson University, Travis Etienne. The reasoning Ooh, for this. Nice. I do not like taking a running back. I hate taking a running back in the first round. But Travis Etienne just stinks of Nick Chubb. I mean, he is explosive, fast, strong, and elusive all at the same time. Like, there's not a lot of running backs out there that are like that. Dalvin Cook's one of them. Christian McCaffrey. All these greats. Like, he has the measurables of the greats. He's the best running back in this class. I, Jonathan Taylor, awesome. DeAndre Swift, awesome. They're not better than Travis Etienne. Can you imagine this Buccaneers team with a damn running back not named Peyton Barmer or Ronald Jones? I mean, my God! I... And, you know, maybe they go out in free agency and get Cam Newton. You got Cam Newton handing it off to – I love how we're just putting Cam Newton on every team now. Cam Newton will be the starting quarterback for every team next year. Um, no, but it's fun to speculate. Cam Newton handing it off to Travis Etienne, throwing to O.J. Howard, which I'm, if, I'm assuming O.J. Howard is Jameis Winston's fault. I really don't know what the hell is going on there. I think that's the biggest mystery in football this year. And then having a decent all-line – and having the best, one of the top five, there's a lot of good duos now, top five wide receiver duo in the league, and they're both deep threats, which opens up the game for a running back, but they just don't have a running back that can do it. Travis Etienne goes in there, and this Buccaneers offense has a spark next year. They're going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was really surprised. Not surprised because this stuff doesn't really ever happen in the NFL, but – I mean, you're you're Tampa Bay, and the season's going to start, and you know what you are. I mean, you know what your roster's made of. Like you you you're going to win some games that you probably shouldn't, and you're going to lose a bunch that you know we all thought you would. Um, so, like when Melvin Gordon's holding out, like why are you not on the phone with Tampa Bay, just being like, what do you want? Like, can you if can you really look at that practice? Like you you walking around the Bucks practice, and you're just like so Peyton Barber and. Ronald Jones, this is this is it, huh? It's the best we could come up with. Like, yeah, if you're any ugh. GM in the league, why are you not saying I will give you everything in the world for OJ Howard? Because he, first of all, unless something dr drastic happens, his second contract isn't going to be you know top tier. However, 
there's a very good chance A.J. Howard comes back to O.J. Howard form, and you have him for, I think, it'd be two more years now on rookie salary. A tight end can do a lot for you in two years. You know, give up a second-round pick for him. I, I would do it in a heartbeat, honestly, for any team. I don't know that there's any team in the league that wouldn't take a risk on O.J. Howard with a second overall pick, which is ballsy. But to win the NFL, you got to be ballsy. So well, you got to maximize your roster when you have the ability to do so. And, you know, you just can't waste, you know, you can't waste time with a lot of stuff. And, I mean, like I said, I look, this year and last year, Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, I mean, Perryman played well, obviously, last week when um, Godwin or uh, when Evans got hurt when he pulled up lane with that hamstring. Um, I I think Justin Watson is a really solid player. I mean, I know he went to Penn, but I think he is a really legit wide receiver. I hope he uh, gets a chance to shine here with, um, with Evans out probably for the rest of the season. So, but, uh, but yeah, I mean like that, despite having question marks about, well, Jameis Winston is a human question mark. Um, <laughs> like they, they have, they're in games. They can score points. Like, you know, they're not like, they're bad, but they're not that bad. It's just, it's it's so bizarre that they just cannot or refuse to try to find a running back or anything. And so, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying about taking a running back in the first round, but man, oh man, if there if there is a team that is going to do it, and again, we're not predicting stuff here, but if there's a team that's going to do it, it's got to be them. It's got to be them. So I, I like that one a lot. Who? That's the problem. Yeah, I, I would uh, honestly say Jacob Eason would be a perfect fit for them, but he's already thriving in Carolina. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's already That's just, Carolina. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Jacob Eason's a bad pick there. It's just I am just. It's one of those picks where I'm just like, ah, fuck it, let's go. But yeah. speaking of fuck it, what what are the Browns gonna do in this year's draft, John? Well, let me ask you this question first, real fast. So, if you had to bet right now, what team Cam Newton will be playing quarterback for next year? What do you? Who do you think it would be? He's okay. Let me get this right. He is still under contract, correct? So he'd have to be traded, or because uh, Andy I, Dalton's contract's up, I believe. That is an excellent question. Let me look that up because I th- I didn't think that. Um, let's see. Contract. Okay, so I'll just start talking. If Cam Newton is to sign somewhere, my first gut instinct is the Patriots. I I just. The reports, the way he's playing, I don't see Tom Brady playing another year, to be honest. Um, okay. Because they can't get the amount of talent that he would need, which he does deserve. He's carried te- he's carried teams forever. Now they can't even get him a damn wide receiver. Um, uh, they have. It's poor circumstances. Their entire offensive line is in the freaking hospital with crazy injuries. Um, uh, if he's designed somewhere, I would say, you know um, – New England, a, a team like that, a team that is ready to win now. But is is he still under contract, John? Okay, so he is in, let's see, um, 2020, he'll be his age 31 season. His salary is 18.6 mil. Um, okay, so he's the, Yeah, but just that year. So the cap hit would be for Carolina's 21.1 mil. It's only 2 million dead cap. So, And then he's an unrestricted free agent when he's 32 in 2021. Um, I don't trade. I it's safe to say he's not. I I I would be shocked if he's he'll he'll be out of Carolina next year. Yeah. So a one year trade. I mean, you look at it like the NBA. This is a this is a golden opportunity for a team. Uh, yeah. And I if if I'm a team in the NFL right now, so I'm looking at the teams in the top half of the league. Okay. How are we going to win right now? And who has like an opportunity? Because you know, if you're a team that's in a good division, why? Why take a chance? You know, uh, right away again, I'm going to say it: the Patriots. If Tom Brady retires, or you know, is done there, I would say the Patriots take a diligent look into Cam Newton. Um, yeah. The Colts will take a diligent look into Cam Newton. Yep. The See the Chargers, I believe, will take a diligent look into Cam Newton. Sure, uh, Philip Rivers. It seems very unhappy. I think. Well, he's got thirty-seven kids. I mean, they're they're keeping him up a lot and <laughs> stuff like that. It's tough. It's tough in the Rivers household. So, I really think the only other team that I'm like, 
this needs to happen is the Bears. And I keep coming back to the Bears because what do the Bears have to lose? They traded away their future to get Khalil Mack to help win you a Super Bowl. Mitchell Trubisky, I don't give a damn how much he improves. He will never be good enough to win you a Super Bowl. Now, the odds of someone hearing this and putting it into some highlight tape when he ends up going off like Lamar Jackson, I don't know. No one, no, no one's going to do that. No one listens to this damn podcast. But I'll tell you right now, and if I'm wrong, I will kiss Mitchell Trubisky's ass on the 50-yard line. He will never be good enough to win you a Super Bowl. So if you're the Bears, trade Mitch, trade a, some kind of pick. It's not going to take much because I, I think Mitchell Trubisky, as bad as he is, teams are willing to trade for quarterbacks. I, if I'm the Bears, I'll, I'll make up a trade right now. Give me Cam Newton. I'll give you Mitchell Trubisky and a third-round draft pick. I don't know if Cam Newton gets that much more, uh, you know, a quarterback and a third-round pick because he's been injured th- forever. And Tampa Bay is another team I can see considering that. Those are the only two teams that I would, like, be strongly urging the, the front office to trade for if I'm a coach. Bruce Arians with Cam Newton could be beautiful. And Matt Nagy is apparently not as good of an offensive mind as we thought. No. But I, I don't know. Cam Newton can improve any team in the league right now. So here's what I think is going to happen. And to me, this makes the most sense in the world. So you are the Oakland Raiders. You're about to move to Las Vegas. What a splash that would be. That's true. Can you, can you imagine oh, it's just like you're, you're moving the team. You got to get excited about, you, you know, you're going to have a brand new facility, obviously, and the pictures of that stadium just looks unbelievable. I mean, it's going to be. Obviously, there'll be a Super Bowl there within five years, I'm sure. So, but amazing. But yeah, I mean, instantly. And and remind me again because I uh, was it's it's on the. Uh, I mean, we have, we have. Oh, here's the draft log. Never mind. So you took Ceedee Lamb for the Oakland Raiders. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if you're a Raider fan and all of a sudden they're in Vegas and they take Ceedee Lamb and then they wake up with Cam Newton a quarterback. And Darren I mean, Waller and Josh Jacobs. In exactly instantly, instantly you're like, okay, it's Kansas City is it's not just them anymore. I mean the Chargers are fading, and unless they figure out a quarterback, I mean that it could be bad. In Denver, we have no idea. You know, Drew Locke might be decent, he might be awful. I mean, we don't we don't know anything about them yet. But yeah, I mean that to me that would that one makes a lot of sense. I think that I don't know if it will happen, but if it did, I think it'd be pretty cool. So that's for sure. Um, 